The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? I'm the Nickel City Nightmare, and this is Common Debauchery. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. As you heard at the drop of the episode, I am Nickel City Nightmare, a.k.a. EZD, a.k.a. Derek Jaws, and we are here to talk about the wild, crazy times that is everyday life, especially here in 2020. Now, my last couple episodes have been a little heavy, so this one is going to be a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more fun, and this stems off of watching an episode of Family Guy where at one point... Peter gets his head stuck between the posts of a railing and they have an argument whether it's a banister slat or a baluster slat. And by the end of the episode, they never actually sort out which one it really is. I personally don't care. However, it raised the question of whether or not, like how common is this? So every day in everyday life, there are so many things that just you watch TV and there's so many things that are just commonplace that there's always an episode about X and it feels like maybe not so much anymore. And maybe that's just because I don't watch a lot of current family sitcoms, but I feel like there's got to be an episode of home improvement where one of the boys or maybe Tim gets his head stuck in the banister, baluster, slats, you know, the, those those posts that come down off a railing in, in a house. Now, maybe I never did this because my the house the that, you know, my parents still own to this day is a ranch-style house. So they're, the, only, um, the only stairs in the house are going to the basements, and, you know, most basement stairs don't have those. So maybe that's part of the reason why maybe it's, because my head's always been too big to fit in those things. I don't know. But I, I put it out on Twitter and I asked, has any, like, this is a legitimate question. Has anybody ever gotten their head stuck in that spot where, you know, you're, you're on the, you're on the stairs and your head is just stuck and you can't, you somehow got your head in there, but can't get your head out. And almost immediately I had three or four people. Um, after a couple of retweets and got out to, you know, got out to the public a little bit, come back and say, yes, like I've done this and it was super embarrassing. And it, it's hilarious to me that like, so this is something that when I see that on a TV show, I'm like, I, I can't relate to that. That's not something that makes sense to me because it's not something I went through. It's not something anybody that I personally know has went to. And I, I would love to hear if one of my, one of my everyday friends, found a way to pull that one off because that would just be just be the best day ever for me. But, um, you know, I, I want to know because it's just so outlandish that like you watch it on a TV show and you're like, no way, there's no way. And then you, you know, you hear that it it's happened and it has to have happened because it wouldn't be on a TV show and m- like multiple TV shows if it hadn't happened. So like what, what else on on like on sitcoms and stuff hasn't happened and you know and so I w- I would love to get somebody on here 
to, and a lot of this show is going to kind of be a plug to get guests on because me just talking into a microphone for a half hour or so is something I can do. If you, if you've listened to a couple episodes or you tune into my other podcasts or have listened to another podcast that I've been on, your boy can talk. All right. I, I am, I have no shortage of words. I got the gift of gab and the gift of jab and I just, you know, rambling on is fun, but after a while, it becomes fun to make this a conversation. It makes, you know, it becomes fun to make this a chat between me and other people. So if you've done this, if you're, if you've got your head stuck in the banister or baluster slats of a stairway, or, you know, somebody commented that they got their head stuck in a turnstile when they were a kid. Now they, they told me that they didn't remember it, but they knew it happened. Um, you know, and that could be, I believe they said it was from young age. It could also be from, you know, having your head squeezed type thing. Who knows? However, we, uh, I would love to have people on to talk about just goofy, wild and embarrassing things that have happened to them over the course of their lives. And I am not without reprieve on this one because I will tell funny and embarrassing stories about myself all day long. Um, I've got a couple in mind. I'm not sure which ones I want to come out with right away. Um, but you know, I, I, this whole conversation got me thinking back and it got me thinking back to this idea of the stupid and embarrassing things we do as a kid and whether or not it involves a sibling, whether or not it involves our parents, a friend, or if it's just something that, you know, maybe nobody else on the planet noticed, but you yourself were like mortified. These like, the, I, I don't and I don't know about anybody else. I really, I, I'm speaking from myself here. I have a litany of experience in doing stupid things and embarrassing things. And it got to a point where throughout college, my, uh, my, my buddy Ern would look at me and be like, do the words no shame mean anything to you? And some of it was just the fact that at that point in my life, I had been at the head of so many stupid, ridiculous, and somewhat embarrassing things that it almost didn't phase me anymore. And, you know, I, as I sit here and I think about the fact that I put myself out there across multiple forms of social media, um, if you follow me on any of them, you probably to some point start tuning me out if you're not engaged in the topic that I'm talking about. Um, you know, I got a lot of response from my MySpace episode of common debauchery here. And, you know, but if you're, if you're not a sports fan or not a baseball fan, like you may, you may not enjoy seeing the stuff from tip of the cap or hats, tats, and stats. If that's not something that, you know, impacts you. Although I do wholeheartedly believe that me and the boys are a little bit better than your normal run of the mill, um, sports show host these days who can't help, but, uh, you know, ramble on about, not sports. However, I digress. I, I I sit back and I think about it. I think about all these crazy, weird, and ridiculous things that have I've either done or have had happen to me over 
the course of my life. And I think back like, A, what was I doing? B, what was I thinking? I mean, that's, that's really a big one, right? Like, what was I thinking? And this to me comes across like a great way to kind of expand on this idea of common debauchery, because I really, really believe that this is far more common than most of us like to admit. Um, you know, mo- most of us don't want to admit the time that this super embarrassing thing happened or, you know, the, the person that this went, you know, the, the, the time I did X and my crush saw me or caught me or whatever. And I'll, I'll give you a quick, quick example here. Um, I was in sixth grade and they had just built and opened this brand new state of the art school. And I say brand new and state of the art with the understanding that in the town I live in, which if you know me, you know where that is. If you don't, well, I'm going to fill you in a little bit. I'm not going to give you the name. However, I will tell you how we do things around here. We build things that look really new, nice and fancy, but they cut corners to make it cheaper. And it ends up being like things that you wouldn't think would be a huge deal that you look back and you're like, well, that was dumb, you know, um, and, and that's, that's about all I can say about that. It always, it always looks new, looks shiny, looks fancy. And then when you take a look inside a little bit more, not so much, but anyway, this school was built, it was brand new and it was meant to be for fifth and sixth grade. So now I went to a private school, IEC Catholic school through fifth grade. Um, they opened this school when I was going into sixth and I decided for a multitude of reasons to make the jump from private school to Catholic school, despite the fact that, you know, my family wanted me in the private school. My sister went through and finished all the way through eighth grade in private school. Uh, I was something I needed to get away from, um, the reasons here, there, whatever, not, not important to the story. So we go to this fancy brand new, super shiny school and now I went from a class of 35 in this private school where it was me and 34 other people. And it was probably, it was close to like 20 guys, 15 girls. It was more swayed than that. So it was probably like 25, 10, but it was 35 people that at most you did things with 35 people at the least you did things with half that. So your class either got cut in half and split or you were all together in the same classroom. I end up going to this gigantic school. This thing's huge for fifth, just for fifth and sixth grade and half of the population. So probably close to, I would probably say close to 1200 kids at the time were in this school. So let's say between 550 and 600 in my grade. And you're not, you don't have a class, you have a team. So it's you and 30 other people that sit in a classroom and are on a team with three or five other classrooms full of 30 people. And you kind of like mix and mingle and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and, and you, you know, so my, my group, there were four, there were four classrooms. And we just kind of rotated mostly with our class. And then you would break up for things like band. 
Um, I want to say Jim would mingle because you had to be, you know, if you if you were in a certain band, you couldn't have that same period as Jim, so on and so forth. So for the most part, we stuck kind of together. But the other the other four, because we were in the middle of the of the building, and there were two wings, upper lower. They like mixed and mingled a lot more than we did. Um, so what that like th- th- this was culture shock for me. This was absolute culture shock. I went from a classroom that had. 10 to 12 girls and the rest were guys. And if you didn't fit in, you didn't fit in. Um, and if you did, you did. And that was that there were, there was no changing that there was no, Oh, well, I don't like this class cause I don't really get along with anybody in this class. However, you know, my next four are awesome. Cause I have really good friends in it. You know, you were just stuck sitting next to the same people all day long, love them or hate them. So, then you, you, you talk about those formative years, you know, the, those years where you start coming into that awkward preteen, what you like to feel at that time is adulthood. And sometimes I would give a lot to go back to that just for a day and remind myself how simple those times were. But, you know, for a guy, you start walking around the halls and you start noticing things like, hey, that girl's kind of pretty. I don't know what pretty means, but that girl's kind of pretty. Hey. She's wearing tight pants and her butt looks nice. Oh my God, what are boobs? This is what this is what happens around that between that fourth grade to sixth grade time. You start noticing those things. And when you go from the tiny classroom of 10 to 12 women to or young women, I should say, to this gigantic school of what feels like a million people, it you, you're like looking around going, what am I? What? What? So my first embarrassing story from, from this point in my life is we're going down to the cafeteria for an assembly because our, our cafeteria kind of doubled as an auditorium. So it was kind of cool. You walked in and if you weren't going to the food line, you walked in, the food line would have been on your left and on your, like you, there were seats or tables, depending on what you're in there for, whether it was lunch or an assembly right in front of you. And then the room itself was tiered down to the right until the front of the stage. And then the stage itself, which connected to the band rooms again, certain things they did really well and did really like kind of cool. This was one of them. So we walk in and we walk down like two tiers because you know, they, they kind of planned out where every class and every group was sitting. And I walk in and they have, for some reason, my, my teacher who I, I loved her. She was great. She was probably one of the only math teachers I ever really got along with. Um, you know, she walked in and she had us line up girls on one, like in one line and boys in the other line. And I, I don't know why this was a thing looking back. Um, this is probably some kind of weird archaic practice in these days. If there's somebody who works in a middle school, like third, like probably not third, but like fifth, sixth, seventh grade era as a teacher. Is it is, like somebody answer? is this still a thing? You know, do they still split? Like there's a boy's line and a girl's line as you walk to the same place with your class. I would like to know that. I think that would be an interesting tidbit of knowledge for me. But, um, so we, uh, we kind of, we, we walked down and I was in the front of the line for, I was in the front of the boy's line. And a lot of that had to just do with where I was sitting um, in the classroom, you know, because assigned seats are cool. But uh, 
you know, and then this girl that I had a crush on was the head of the line for the girls line. And I could swear to you that first off the, the walk from the classroom to the cafeteriatorium was one of the most panicky experiences of my life because I'm walking and I'm walking next to this girl that I got a huge crush on and I'm thinking to myself like, Oh my God, like, like, what do I do? Like, do like, are we going to sit next to each other? Like, Oh my God, like, what if we sit next to each other? And then, okay. Like, what if it's awkward? Well, I don't want it to be awkward. Like, and we've, we've talked in the past, like, you know, just chitty chatty stuff in in class or whatever, but like, Oh my God, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I think to myself, okay, well, I'll probably just, you know, let this opportunity go to the wayside and like let all the girls go in and then, you know, and then the boys. And I could swear, I could swear to you that when we got to the line, our teacher said every other, meaning boy, girl, boy, girl, or girl, boy, girl, boy. So being the gentleman that I was raised to be, ladies first, she went in and then I went in and then I looked like, and I walked down and I'm thinking to myself like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I look behind me as I go to sit down and there's nothing but the rest of the line of girls. Son of a bitch. She looks back and goes, uh, is there any chance you can like move down? Like, so I can sit next to my friend. Oh, dagger to the heart. You young, poor bastard. This poor kid just goes out there, puts it out, you know, put, puts his life out there, puts his, puts his, puts his, you know, his ego aside and like takes a shot and like, oh, I get to sit next to the girl I have a crush on. And can you, can you move so I can sit next to somebody I want to sit next to? Ugh. And then I have the mortifying experience of doing that awkward side shuffle past the rest of the line of girls to sit next to the last girl in line and the first guy that was behind me, who luckily was a friend of mine. But holy crap, was that embarrassing? Because not only are like, is this a thing that's noticed? And like now the entire line of girls has to watch me walk in front of them and go sitting in the empty chair. But the rest of the class kind of sees the awkward hold up shuffle that's going on. Oh, and as people sit down, I'm now doing the awkward shuffle where either my ass or my crotch is at eye level with you as I'm shuffling by because there couldn't be any more awkwardness to the situation. Let's put it where my ass is in front of your face as every girl in my class goes, what is he doing? Because the first two, the girl that I was hoping to sit next to and the girl that she wanted to sit next to were the only two, maybe the third person in kind of knew what was going on. But from there, everyone was like, what's happening here? So like, why is this dude's ass in my face? And here's sixth grade me with long hair. Yes. Yes. If you know me and my baldedness at one point, I did have long flowing locks. I don't know if they were necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call them flowing, but there was some, as we determined this past weekend was a term leaky lettuce, you know, that long hair that sticks out the back of a hat that kind of 
poofs out because it's back there and it's doing its thing. That was me. Didn't really know what I was doing hairstyle wise. So I kind of want, you know, some days I had it kind of slicked, pushed back. Some days I just let it kind of sit and it was a little bit more sloppy mop looking. But here's this awkward, goofy bastard who hadn't come into his own yet. Hadn't found football, had, you know, was playing baseball, but at the time was just little league stuff. And here I am awkwardly shuffling past every single female in my class mortified as the rest of the class, in my opinion, noticed and took note and went, ah, this poor guy. This ends up stemming into another story because, and I'm not going to tell that story yet. All right. I I want other people to come on and I, all I want you to know is the rest of the story come like stems into gym class and gym class being in the pool. So we're doing our swimming unit and majority of our class had the same gym class because they tried to do it that way. Uh, I think we lost like maybe four or five people um, that had a different gym class for one reason or another, but it, it stemmed to a gym class in the pool. And all I can tell you is from that instance, like that, that moment where I was put in that awkward, embarrassing situation, the other guys in the class kind of figured out like, Oh, he must've wanted to sit next to that Lindsay girl because you know, he had a, uh, he's got a crush on her. He, you know, he, he think he, you know, in fact, the new, Oh, I think she's hot. You know, I mean, if that's what a crush is when you're in sixth grade, I guess, you know, I, I can tell you that I had a crush on her and I don't know what that means. You know, it's been 300 years since then or so, but you know, noticing that, um, you know, stemmed to another embarrassing story from sixth grade for me. And this was, I'll tell you, the story I just told you was the light one. Um, yeah, and it makes me think back, like, what, what awkward world, what an awkward world to live in when you're in sixth grade and like worrying about sitting next to the cute girl in class is like a panic inducing thing, legit panic inducing. Like I was shitting myself the whole walk down. So, you know, this is, this is, this is more of a fun, lighthearted episode. This is, this, this is what I wanted this to be. Um, you know, I, I I don't want this to be something where we just rant and rave. Like I just rant and rave about pseudo political affiliations and whatnot. Um, so I'm putting it out there. If you want to come on and talk about weird things, awkward stories, the time you got your head stuck in a railing, the time you got your head stuck in a turnstile. Um, I'm sitting here rambling these things off and I'm trying to think of another story to tell you guys of another awkward or interesting time in my life where, you know, without getting too juicy on it, cause I do want to save some stuff for having guests on the show. So, um, you know, it, it, listen, if you're from, if you're from my youth, if you're from my childhood and you want to come on and tell, you know, you want to come on and tell stories about, you know, the awkward times in your life or talk about awkward times in my life. I don't care. I mean, you know, we're, listen, I, I have no shortage of these stories. All right. So looking, looking around back when I was in, 
seventh and eighth grade. Our Lancaster at the time only had what they called modified baseball, which was meant for seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. There were 18 people that made that team of 120 plus that would try out. That's not a small number. All right. Like you had to be one of 18, one of 18 for three grades when you're in, and we all know when you're in seventh grade, you're not that, that two years from seventh to ninth grade is huge. You look at a seventh grader and a ninth grader and it looks, you may as well be comparing a 15 year old to a 25 year old. I mean, it's two years, but it, it, it feels like 10. And those two years, I was not fortunate enough. Actually, I think, I don't think anybody, maybe one or one or two people were fortunate enough to make the modified team in seventh and eighth grade from my grade. And I think the grade behind me didn't have any in seventh grade, at least. Um, so in, in lieu of that, um, I was a percussionist. I played, you know, I played the drums. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. I played the drums because I like to hit stuff and I like to make noise. And because I wanted something to do in the spring, I ended up joining marching band. And there are plenty of weird and funny stories from that because, you know, it's kind of nerdy and I don't stem away from the quote unquote nerdy things that I, that I've done in my life. Um, you know, despite what some people would have you say, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I spent one year, my senior year swimming, um, because I wanted to be in shape for playing college football and, it also helped fix my shoulder, which I had hurt my senior year of football and allowed me to throw a baseball my senior year and play varsity baseball that year as well. So, um, you know, for those, for those who don't believe that those stories are true, you can suck it because again, they are. So seventh and eighth grade, I, you know, in the spring was in the marching man. It was fun. It was cool. I think we did one or two, we did two competitions and two parades. And here I was. You know, I, I, I steered into the short hair, more athletic looking haircut, which was fun. Um, it was somewhere after my seventh grade year of football, I believe I decided, or maybe it was eighth grade. I think seventh grade, I still had the long hair, eighth grade. I believe I, I, I finally cut it short and, uh, we're in, we're in Batavia for a competition. Now these competition parades are always interesting because they are, Basically what they do is they line up every band in order of category. So they start with the middle school bands and then they bump up to the high school bands and they line us all up and they say, you walk through, like you play as if you're in an actual parade. Um, you go through, you play your song, you're drumming, you know, in between, like you, you do one practice run of your actual song and then you know, the rest of the time you're just kind of marching to a street beat that the drum line plays, which is kind of fun. Um, most of them are pretty, pretty upbeat and up tempo. And I actually still remember one of the two of them, which is just weird. But, uh, you know, then you, you end up stopping and like, they, they let you actually like stop even like marking time and let you just stand at attention while the band in front of you goes, down the main drag of this quote unquote parade 
and pass the judges. And then the judges watch you from start to finish and give you a grade. And then your grades are basically compared and you win first, second, third, whatever. So we went to this one in Batavia. And as we were getting our stuff off the, like off the bus and everything and getting everything. And, you know, so I, I played the bass drum and for those of you who don't know, playing a bass drum in a marching band, it's not, it's not small. They're, they're pretty big. They're in front of you and you can see the back of the head of the person in front of you, but you really can't see where you're walking or where you're stepping. And here, here comes me chugging along, banging my bass drum, marching and we're coming, going downhill. All right. So we're going down a slope and I'm just focused ahead. And I kind of see a couple people in front of me in the line directly in front of me, kind of like half step around, like just a, a weird little shimmy, but like, it was like one, maybe two people. And I'm like, you know, nothing to be concerned with. And like, normally if there's some type of obstruction or something like somebody like give you a heads up, especially if you're not like playing or if you're not in the actual competition portion of it, which you would hope that there wouldn't be any obstruction during the competition march, but we're walking and we're do- we're going and I vaguely notice that and think literally nothing of it because normally, and I, my numbers could be wrong here. So forgive me. It's been a long time. You're like, I think you're six or eight across. All right. So there's between five and eight people in a line and you're just lined up right behind one another with probably, probably six feet of room in between Then the drum line, because you know, our instruments are a hair bigger and there's not as many of us. They usually put us in two lines evenly spaced. So like you'll have line, 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 drum line, drum line, 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 line. Okay. So that works. And so I'm off center of the people that are up in front of me. Cause again, there's less of us and lo and behold, I step, I feel my foot go down in not a stepping fashion. I bite it so hard. I roll over the top of my bass drum, which now comes off of my harness. The harness unclips. The drum goes rolling down the hill. I'm laying in a heap with my harness half over my head, which those things are made of metal. They're not fun. This is not a good time for me. My hat somewhere 20 feet away from me somehow because it rolled because those things are hard. And I hear our band director yelling at people not to stop and not to just, it's basically, and again, this was middle school marching band hurdle, like trample the weak hurdle, the dead. Like this dude just do not break formation. I don't care. Step on him. We'll, we'll figure him out later. And like all we were doing at the time was basically marching to a point where we would be put in line with the other bands like this very easily could have just been broken down. And I'm like, all right, guys, relax. He's fine. It'll be like, I get up my knees bleeding through my pant leg while we're like, while we're marching 
in the competition, like you can see like the, the blood stain that is growing on my pant leg. My drum is like, I, I have to like tilt to one side because my harness broke in a way that like I had to keep the drum on it by tilting just a hair. Like this was the most uncomfortable thing ever. This story to this day comes up amongst a small group of friends of mine that I don't see very often. I don't talk to very often, but the once a year, maybe that I do see and or talk to these people, this story still comes up. Hey, big boy. Remember that time you rolled down a hill in Batavia? Hey, remember that time you almost killed 20 people with your bass drum? Yep. That was me. So I'm putting it out there again. You got a couple funny, embarrassing stories again. I'm, I'm sure people may listen to this and hear, oh, now he's, you know, on top of being a swimmer, he's adding, you know, being a, be, being in marching band, you know, he was in marching band. He was a swimmer and he was in marching band to their list of crap. They like to talk about me, but, uh, yeah, I'm not embarrassed by it. I had a lot of fun. Um, Part of me wishes I would have stuck stuck with drumming a little bit, and that's about as musical as I get. <clears throat> Despite the fact that I have people who tell me I have a good voice for podcasting and talking on a radio-esque type show, um, the one thing I can't do is sing, and I've never had the wherewithal to, to learn how to play the guitar or the banjo or any of those things. So, you know, my little stint in band work was a lot of fun, um, and I that's just not something I... It's not something I'm ashamed of in any way, you know, just like, just like my swimming career, the one year of that, that I did again, it was one year that I did to get in shape. It was fun. I had a good time. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed of these things and I have no problem. Very blatantly. I have no problem talking about embarrassing things from my childhood and my youth. So, uh, you know, if, if anybody wants to come on and talk about these things or anything, really, I would love to have guests on the show. I want to get more consistent getting getting episodes out there. I believe this is only episode three, maybe four. Kind of hope it's five. Uh, if it's five, then you know I'm ahead of the game, ahead of where I thought it was. So if you want to come on and talk about weird, funny things from your childhood, funny stories, injuries, kerfuffles, dust-ups, anything along those lines, um, you know, I'm pretty sure... The statute of limitations has run out on most of my stories. So, you know, there could be some fun ones coming down the road that I'm sure my parents who do listen to this probably don't want to hear. But um, we'll probably save those for, you know, for another time, you know, down the road a little bit. But uh, like I said, anybody wants to come on, tell funny stories, crazy, you know, embarrassing stories. I, I don't care. Come on, tell embarrassing stories about your siblings or about your friends. You know, let, let's let's do this. Let's get some content out there. Let's get some people on. And let's tell some tales of what is only can be what can only be known as common debauchery. <laughs>